The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 68. Welcome to a very, very, very special edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And we got good news for you guys. If you haven't heard, you've been under a rock. Uh, We just got word coming down that uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been granted a brief uh, administrative stay, I guess is the way that it's termed. Um, essentially meaning he's going to play this weekend. Like the equivalent of... He's in the building! Uh, do we know that? Do we know that he's in the building? That's what no, I want to know. Not in the building. Actually... Eligible to be in the building. Our, Where's our, this guy at? Our man Brian Broaddus did a little re- um, reconnaissance, and I just saw him as I was coming in for the show and told me that he checked with a couple people. He is not in the building as of yet. Um, and actually, that's part of where I want to go with this probably slept in. He didn't think he had to work today. <laughs> right, exactly. He probably was just getting a phone call like, what, huh, what? But um, I, I think the the interesting part, and I want to talk about this a little bit, um, and just so you kind of guys know what we're going to do today, we're going to actually, obviously, we've got a lot to talk about here. We're going to have on um, uh, the the attorney that we had on last week, uh, Mr. Daniel Walbach. Uh, we'll have him Wallach. on. Wallach, I'm sorry. We'll have him on later in the show. He's going to be on probably in the second segment around 9.50. Um, so we'll ask him more detailed information about what this ruling means. Good. I what need some answers. Mean. I know, right, because I think there's a lot of people that are confused about what this means for the future. What we need to know right now is that he's playing this weekend, and that's where I want to take the conversation with you guys. Um, looking at the fact that it, it's one thing when a guy's hurt and you're kind of like figuring out, is he going to be able to play – because the the thing about that situation is he actually is in the building all week for preparation. So he's in all the meetings. He knows kind of what the game plan is. He's figuring out what his role would be if he's going to play. And I'm, Dave, don't look at me like that. I'm not suggesting in any way you don't play Ezekiel Elliott. What I am asking is, do you think Ezekiel Elliott will be as effective? Or do you need to consider the possibility that you play Alfred Morris a little bit more because he has been here yeah. game planning all week and Zeke has not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know if Zeke will be at his very best. And and you can't be prepared that he will be. So you what what you do is you get those guys ready and just see how it goes. See how I mean he could he could surprise us all. This could, you know, be so exciting. Two hundred yards. For him that that, you know, maybe it's not like he's that far removed from from playing, but but not being focused all week long. If it didn't matter, then you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't practice. You wouldn't have meetings if they, if they didn't matter. I do think he'll play and he'll be a, he'll be effective. But I don't think uh, that the Cowboys should be prepared and just say, "Oh, well, I can't be." You know why they shouldn't be naive to think that he might not be as effective. I don't think I buy it. Which I like. I feel bad that I'm saying that because we watched for the first month of this season as the running game kind of sputtered and started and stopped, but. He just played a game on Sunday afternoon. It's so what? It's been five days. He essentially has missed two practices because I feel pretty confident saying I think he'll be at practice today, right? I mean, I would guess so. He lives four blocks away from the facility. Like he should be here in short order. So he missed three days worth of meetings. He missed two practices. Like he'll be out there. They'll get him up to speed. He'll probably be here longer tomorrow than he normally is. Big whoop. Uh, He plays running back. Give him the rock. 
I'm not worried about it at all. I mean, maybe maybe he won't have the best game of his life. This is a really good opponent, but I don't. Uh, this isn't enough for me to think that he won't be just as effective as he has been the last three games. <laughs> I, I, I was about to have a point, but I realized we're taking turns. So. What, I'll, Amber, I'll go for it. I mean, I'm not really concerned about his performance, how it's going to be, because, again, to me, the way I see, like, the running back position, I know you need to prepare against uh, for the opponent you're going up against and all that, but at the same time, and I know I, we watch it from up high, and it's different than being down there, but I feel like if you see a hole, you see a hole, and you go for it, or, you know, you figure out which way you're going to go, so... I don't think there's that much needed preparation for the opposing team. I, right, I but agree. He, to, I will agree with that. Yeah, but I mean, he, for this position, I think it's this a, position. Yeah. all the positions but here's the in part, football. Here's the part, though, that I that I do wonder if it changes. We've been talking all week about, you know, I, I'll say my, for myself, I've been talking all week about how I'd like to see this offense be a little bit more diverse in what it does offensively, specifically with the running game. So let's assume for a second that the coaches have that point of view, that they were trying to to do different things. And they've set up this game plan that's going to do some different things than they've been doing with the expectation that they don't have Ezekiel Elliott. That means that Ezekiel Elliott, if he comes, if well, we know he's coming back, then one of two things has to happen. Either they have to change that, alter that game plan to where it now is more focused on doing the things that they normally do with Ezekiel Elliott, or they stick with the new game plan and Zeke now has has a little bit, maybe a little bit of a different role than what he's used to. That's all I'm saying is this will be, I assume, different for Zeke because I assume they change what they did. Now, if you if you espouse what the offense, there were a couple offensive linemen saying earlier this week, we're gonna do what we always do. We're gonna run the same plays we're gonna do. Yeah. If, if that's the way they do it, great. Why do you think the offense is gonna look drastically different? I didn't say drastically different. different I said at all. I said I said I would expect that they would do some things differently because they didn't have Zeke. Mm. Maybe they wouldn't. That doesn't sound like all, this coaching staff to me. All all that I, I would say is if, if I'm Gary Brown, the running backs coach, I would just tell Alfred Morris or Rod Smith, because I'm sure McFadden is now gonna be inactive again for <laughs> <laughs> he's but, not happy. This, well, I shouldn't say that. He's probably happy for the team. He seems like a good teammate, but yeah, yeah like that's yeah. just human nature. That like, I don't want it to play. He I'm said, sure, "I'm yeah. a ball player. I, it's been yeah. frustrating. I want to play football, you know." But I mean, don't go far. I mean, because this thing it's, it's this called ain't over. temporary restraining order, and so it may not last forever. And you guys can talk more about that, or when we get Daniel on the line. But all I'm saying is, is when when if I'm Gary Brown, I tell them, "Hey." You know, stay stay ready because it, it it may not be the Zeke that we've seen forever, and they they may want to do a little bit more rotating early in the game. You know, he I'm not saying he's not going to be in condition for it, but mentally he he probably didn't know if he was playing. Physically, he hasn't done as much, I'm sure. So just just stay ready. I mean, I'm saying maybe rotate one more series in that you normally would, or you just kind of you know you you just have him on deck ready to go, but. I agree with you guys. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a big difference, and I think he should be rejuvenated here coming into the building. Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope that this gives him a little bit of a boost. And like you said, this is nothing he can't make up. Whatever he missed in game plan, you would assume he spends a little extra time tonight. He spends a little extra time tomorrow. Maybe even he was thoughtful enough and and had the right access to information to be able to do it on his own. Like, I don't know if he's able to do that or not. I don't know what the league yeah, says about that know. kind of stuff. Yeah, neither do I. Not, but, not but I was, <laughs> was going to say, though, that, I mean, like, and we wrote You can this. get the All-22 from the NFL like we do, right? It's good. Yeah, I mean, all you need is Game Pass. Right. If I can watch the All-22 of the Chiefs, Zeke right. can, right? Exactly. Um, 
I was good. You know, we wrote this off on Monday and Tuesday. Like, if you want to give me a hard time about that, you absolutely can. I, this was, I mean, this is like the equivalent of an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary from like the 35, right? I mean, that's what everybody Made said. Made it work. But he's had two Hail Marys in one year, right? Right. But what I was going to say is if I'm Zeke and I'm Zeke's legal team, I would hope that they're not as surprised by this as we are, you know, for the amount of money that he's paying, they probably at least thought there's a chance. And I hope there were people in his ear saying like, Hey, we're probably going to hear about this by the end of the week. You know, don't, don't just write this off. Don't give up hope yet. So I bet he's not as blindsided by this as we are. But I don't know that a team can think like that, right? The team had to kind of move on. The the nice thing, that's the nice thing about football though, is like, I really do. It's a cliche, but I really do believe that. Like, they're just like, well, this sucks, but here we go on. Like, it's just tunnel vision with injuries. right? Football players is just tunnel vision about every single thing you do. Every step of your day, you're just looking at that. And yeah, I mean, as for all they care, Zeke twisted his ankle in that game and that's why he can't play, you know? So I don't think it affects the team as much as it would affect just Zeke's brain. You know, I'm sure it's been a frustrating week for him. And then Friday morning, hey, you got 48 hours to get ready. So would you consider I know Nick said he's already gone on said he would. Would you guys consider using Morris and Smith more in this game as opposed to just saying, hey, he's back for at least this week. We're going to run him like we normally run him. And we're not really altering what we would have done if he would have been active the entire week. I would get this dude a king-sized, family-sized box of cereal and let him eat. That's what I would do. I would. I mean, I don't like how much Alfred Morris plays right now. On it, I don't like that. You'd actually decrease it. I don't like that third <laughs> series in the first in the first half. I don't. Yeah. I never have agreed with it. So no, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, like, yeah. What's the difference? What is the difference other than all right? There's some mental aspect to it. But what is the difference between this and Tyron having a, his back flare it. up it's and not practice? Part. It's yeah. only the mental part. It's uh, only the missing the the meetings and the preparation. That's it. He's a running back. Give him the rock. I really I don't care. That's just me, though. Amber? I would say let him go, but that's a tricky question for me because just the simple fact that, okay, let's say they put him out there and you see him not doing as great. Do you take him out? I don't think you would. They would let him keep going, but then next thing you know, we're in the fourth quarter and the game is almost over and you still weren't able to get all the yards you needed. So that's a tricky situation right there, but I would assume they still give him most of everything. That, that's what I would think. I mean, if for any reason his conditioning is is not the same, then then yeah, I that's mean, hard to believe. Though. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I I'm just saying, stay ready. That's all. I would just if he doesn't do well early on in the game, figure out why that is. You know, if it's because the the Chiefs are stacking the box, or whatever. I mean, I think the the biggest adjustment here is the, is, is the Chiefs, um, because. On one hand, you're like, okay, now you know that they're probably having to scramble a little bit. But then you could say, well, what were they watching anyways? Like, what right. were, what were they ever watching? Going back in preseason games? No, I they doubt it. They were probably just watching Zeke and saying, like, all right, this is what they're going to do, and it's just not as dynamic of a player. Right? Like, I doubt again, I doubt the Cowboys changed that much, and I doubt the Chiefs changed that much about what they prepared for. In all honesty, yep. like, it's 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 a big deal because he's a great player, but. I don't think it. I don't think his presence affects how either of these teams are going to play this game. Wonder if Vegas is scrambling. And knowing how, I would assume, and knowing how the NFL is full of coaches that think of everything to the nth degree, it makes me think that even in this situation, Kansas City, knowing that this was even a hell mary, I wouldn't be surprised if they were prepared for the fact that Zeke probably won't play. But just in case he yeah. does, let's spend a little time 
getting prepared you for say, Ezekiel Elliott. These guys turn over every stone. Like, right. They probably went to their legal counsel like, hey, how likely? <laughs> like, Give us a rundown on this. Put this on our desk by Wednesday. And even if they said it's a 1% chance, they probably had a little bit of time where they said, you know, I'm going to take a little extra time just oh, to yeah. spend on that 1% chance that Ezekiel Elliott's going to play. Also, uh, he's here. He's here. He's, he's in here. the building. He's in the building. You that can use fast. that job now, Kent. Yeah. Awesome. So He's in the building! <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll be at practice. And let's, I don't know, gear up. Let's go. Let's and fantasy teams around the country rejoice. I'm just happy. Mine this, included. I'm happy this happened at 9 a.m. instead of 9 p.m., which is the usual <laughs> timetable for these types of things. On a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would have happened on a Friday yeah. night at 9 p.m. So, Lot to do. All right, let's uh, let's do before we get to we got uh, Daniel Wallach coming up here. He's going to join us at nine fifty Central Time. That's about six minutes from now. Um, we do have a couple more minutes in this segment, so I do want to really quickly uh, just catch everybody up on injuries and inactives really quickly. Uh, let's start first with a couple guys that are still missing in practice that we assume at this point. I think it's fair to say will not play this week. We know Dan Bailey isn't playing. Cheeto Bay Awuzier still not uh, practicing. He's not going to play, we assume. Um, and so let's talk about some of the other guys uh, that are around. Cole Beasley now moved to limited in practice. Uh, that I would think that maybe that means he's progressing in the concussion protocol, and there's a like there's a chance I should say um, that he would play this weekend. Is that kind of the way you yeah, guys see I, it as well? Watching practice a little bit uh, yesterday, I have a good feeling that he will play. He's it's just I mean, you don't get to watch a lot. I'm just saying for the few minutes that we're out there, but still running with the first team. I, I, it looks like he's he's getting there. Yeah, I'd be I surprised unless there's a setback. You, it, it, you don't see setbacks. Head injuries are always you know try to be cautious talking about those, but I kind of have a vibe that he's going to play too. There are a few other names from the injury report that I get your quick opinions on Malik Collins and Demarcus Lawrence. Everything feeling like it's going to be okay there from the standpoint of them being able to play. They're both limited yesterday. Demarcus Lawrence mocked reporters who suggested that he wouldn't play, so Good. he's fine. Malik he's Collins was there two weeks ago, same thing. So I, I think, you know, it's it's a little bit different now here at the Star that it, with, with the injury report. The injury report has been affected by this awesome place that we have. You got to remember, I mean, if, if you've been out here at all, you've seen there's – Thousands of windows that point towards the practice field. And what I'm saying is, is if a guy gets held out for a little bit, then he's limited. They, they have to be overly cautious there. And, you know, every team in the league probably does it differently. Differently in the NFL is kind of, you know, cracked down on that. But just here, I mean, there's so much visibility. And you got eyes that are not necessarily connected to the exactly. team. Right? They, they, the, you have to be. I think this team is overly cautious with their injury reports. So, all Make the, sure they're following the rule saying, of law, yeah. spirit of law, and everything. It, it could take th- it could take a whole series to come over here and fix a guy's shoe, you know, that doesn't have the right padding in the shoe or the right cleats or whatever. And he had, he wasn't out there when they did first team offense or whatever, so therefore he's limited. So all I'm saying is, is this team is overly cautious with that. We shouldn't go, you know, to get overboard on something. It's a great days. point to bring up. All right, let's talk about inactives real quick. Uh, I think there are six guys that I would say are pretty certain are going to be inactive. You guys tell me if you agree with this. Cheeto Bay, uh, Dan Bailey, Benson Mayowa, because that's been kind of their thing. Um, well, he only did it once. Well, he, he played last week, didn't he? He did play last yeah. week. Okay, so let's hold let's him hold, on yeah. the possible. Uh, Justin well, March too. Lillard um, would be three. 
You know, Byron Bell would be four. You don't want to just throw Darren on there. McFadden. McFadden now, which I didn't have before. Uh, Blake Jarwin is another. And then you're down left with one more that you got to find. So if you wanted to look at the list, you, you could do Bene Benwickery. You could do Justin Durant. You could do Noah Brown, who's had a thigh uh, injury that he's been limited with all week. Who do you think ends up being that final inactive? Uh, Durant was still limited yesterday, wasn't he? He, he's not 100%. No, I don't think he was actually on the injury. Was he not on it at all? I think he was full. Full? Yeah. Damn, because I was going to say, Kyle Wilber's full, too. So, like, if Justin Durant wasn't totally healthy, you could definitely sit him if you Right. Were. You have Marshall Lillard all yes, in, in the group? Yeah. Um. So basically, it's between Ben Wickery, Durant, Brown, Mayoa. Those are the kinds of names that you're looking at for that final spot. You could probably still sit Durant if you wanted to. Uh, right. He doesn't really play special teams. All of your main linebackers that play are healthy, and Wilbur is full again, and he's your special teams ace linebacker. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Justin Durant, but I think you could probably get away with sitting him if you really wanted to. And or, week, or, you know, Benson Mayowa. And know. in a week like this against this kind of team, do you think they're going to have a lot more defensive backs on the field anyway, which means that you probably can get away with having one less linebacker than maybe you would want against a team that's run heavy. It makes sense. I, I mean, I certainly don't want any linebackers trying to cover Kelsey. That's right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if they kept McFadden active, though. It really Really? Wouldn't. Because nah. of the Zeke news? Yeah, just because of everything that's happened. I mean, that wouldn't shock me. I, I, I think that you have to get your football team right. You got to make sure that you have the right inactive. So um, it, it wouldn't be the most responsible thing ever. But knowing Jason Garrett, and, and I think he, he might, you know, especially if it's Noah Brown, who's kind of banged up anyways. Um, and they, they're wondering. Oh, that is true. I forgot Noah Brown, it, he's got a thigh uh, injury. He's been limited all week, so. That's the one I would go for. No, bro. That makes sense. Over McFadden? I mean, would you? Still- we needed one. So yeah. would you say Durant and I would, Noah Brown and keep McFadden active? I would leave Durant active. McFadden inactive and Noah Brown inactive. I feel I feel bad for D- McFadden that, you know, he's kind of having the rug yanked out from under him, but I don't I don't see any reason why you need to make him active in this game if Zeke can play. Yeah, I mean, I... I I think Garrett would feel bad too. Yeah, like but, I. But the justification isn't just "Hey, we're feeling sorry for people here." It's, no, it's, but I, but I mean, you know, you got Morris and and Rod who can do those things. If something is to happen, or if he just doesn't look like himself, I, I mean, right. four, four running backs is a lot. I just got a roster minutes. alert that Rod Smith has been dropped by twenty thousand fantasy leagues because <laughs> I did get him. I actually did you drop him too? Rod. I tried. I felt I have so, to. I tried to sign him earlier in the week, but I just didn't have room. But I'm, if Zeke winds up serving this suspension, I really do think he's gonna. I shouldn't. He's gonna benefit off it. But yeah, I think. Oh, I guess I need to move Alfred Morris out of my line. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want right. to talk about fantasy. Let's take uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, we got Daniel Wallach who's going to join us. He's going to talk to us a little bit about this Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, case and and what we should expect going forward and some of the more legal aspects of this matter. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want... 
exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have Direct TV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the show live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we appreciate you guys joining us we're talking about ezekiel elliott we should be joined here momentarily uh, by daniel wallach who is an attorney um, that specializes in this kind these kinds of matters he will talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the specifics of what's going on with the ezekiel elliott case and the ruling that happened this morning um, as well as what we would do going forward uh, or what to expect going forward into the future uh, next week and beyond with regards to this ruling. One of the interesting things for me, at least, is as I'm looking at this, it's kind of like this back and forth thing. And I'm I'm wondering at some point, like, is next week even the time when you're really going to get some at least some finality for the temporary for the rest of the season? Like, when do we get to that point? I think that's the part that I'm really well, just kind of oh, want to find out. Huh? That's the part that's a little bit unclear on this. Well, no, it's the part I'm waiting for. Like, I just want to get to the point where I have a understanding of here's what's going to happen for the rest of the season. You know, I, I know, know that there's still going to be a court case yeah. that's going to happen, but what's going to happen? Like, when can I find out for sure he's either playing the rest of the season or Leave he's not playing the rest? Poor of the table season? alone, you're like bashing the crap no, out yeah. of it. Uh, Anybody in here? Yeah, that we did that once already this check, week. I'm that, that doesn't mean we won't do it again. Um, you know, it's well, coming for us. No, it's not. Um. I I well I thought that was this week, which is yeah. I'm gonna try to not speak in in uh, finality because I thought that happened on Monday. I thought we kind of knew, but as far I mean, so this thing is going to a um, and hopefully Daniel can explain it better than I can. But it's gonna go to a three judge panel on the second circuit. So it's it it's a circuit court, which means it's it, it's the same thing in New Orleans. Three judges reviewed that, two voted against, one voted for. So it's the same thing in a different district. And I think if he loses that again, then I don't know where else he's supposed to go. I don't know. I don't even know what happens if he wins. So I'm I'm kind of in the weeds here at this yeah. point. I hope Daniel can clear it up. 
Yeah, it's it's so but that is that will be reviewed on an expedited basis. So I would imagine there will be another day like this next week where another ruling comes down. So this wasn't a situation like with the other one where it, there was a two week no. temporary restraining. I mean, I I guess technically, I mean, it's a court, so they can do whatever they want. But this was reviewed on an expedited basis, and it took you know from Tuesday to Friday. So it's at their discretion. But I would imagine they will do this quickly to work within i mean they gave him a stay so that he could play like that's why they did this right so i so he's not penalized before they can actually hear the case. and i so i would imagine they want to figure this out within the framework of football games so i would imagine they're going to try to figure it out before the falcons game that's what i would guess (laughs) all right we're gonna um we're gonna go ahead and move on uh until we get daniel on the line once we get him on ken will let me know and we'll we'll get him onto the air uh as soon as possible in the meantime, Amber has a game for us that should help us get prepared for this upcoming Cowboys We can play it again. A lot of these questions have kind of changed now with Zeke. Well, we can back, alter them and but... give different answers in to, to the same <laughs> questions, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, let's start off with one. Do the Cow- Will the Cowboys uh, win the torrent? Sorry. My English is... I don't know what happened to my mouth right there. Sorry. <laughs> Will the Cowboys win the uh, turnover battle this in this game? I would guess not. I would say no. I, I mean, the Chiefs have three on the year. And the Cowboys have been good about getting the ball out in recent weeks. But, I mean, that's a, a shoddy offensive line in a monsoon and one of the worst teams in the league. And if I'm not mistaken, I think, the Chiefs are plus 10. Is yes, right? they are. Plus 10. I mean, that's one of the best in the league. I want to say they're second or third. They're yeah, not, they're going to um, win the turnover. So so I think everything yes. up to this point suggests that See. the Chiefs win the turnover battle. Yeah. See, Cowboys win the turnover battle. Oh, Nick's saying okay, the opposite. Oh, the other way. Okay. I think they will Actually, because that's how they're going to stay in the game. It's not going to be a blowout. They're going to stay in the game that way. I would have said that before. <laughs> this news, but yeah. now after this news, change our. Change I, I think picks. there's a different way that you can actually stay in this game. I think there's a there's a way that if you can run the ball effectively, I think there's a way that you can keep up with them offensively. Yeah, I mean this is a good football team. There's no doubt about yeah. it. But like, they don't blow everybody out. No, I mean they 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 had the Redskins at home and they needed you know a, a last second drive to go down there and win that game. So. You know they they've had a tough you know tough game at home against the Eagles, but they did win. So that they, they win they're winning close games, but they're not blowing people out. So I mean, this this should be a close game. It should have been a close game anyways. And now with Zeke, we'll see. All right, we're gonna put a pause on the game. I just got word that we have our man Daniel Wallach on the line. Daniel, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you so hey. much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it on short notice. Well, I've been thinking about nothing else but this for the last hour. So. Right. Can <laughs> I imagine? wrote the story about 45 minutes ago, and now it's just become viral. Good news for Cowboys fans, at least for one week. Absolutely. So here's what, here's what I want to start. I want to start with just an overview of kind of where we are. What was the ruling this morning, and what does it mean, I guess, going forward into next week? We know he'll play Sunday, but what does it mean beyond that? Well, the, the union uh, yesterday filed a, a reply brief. Uh, to further support their request for an injunction. And at the end of the requirement brief, they asked the Second Circuit to put a placeholder to grant a temporary administrative stay just for Sunday's game until such time as the court can rule on the motion. And that's what the court did this morning. Uh, the court granted Elliott's request and uh, ordered that the stay be entered 
just for this Sunday's game, and that would enable Elliott to play. But at the same time, the Second Circuit uh, referred the matter to a three-judge panel, which will rule, which will consider and then rule upon the, the main motion for an emergency injunction, and that will probably take place uh, early next week, maybe on Tuesday. There could be an oral argument, or there simply could be a written ruling based on the written submissions. In either case, the court will likely determine and decide the motion before the end of next week. So this order is only for Sunday's game, and it has no bearing or any weight on the merits of the motion that the court will take up next week. So, so we're going to take this one week at a time. So next week, that ruling is, or the ruling that we, we expect to happen next week will basically be to actually give him another stay. It is not on necessarily the appeal of the injunction ruling that we already got, correct? No, that of the appeal of the uh, denial of the preliminary injunction will be heard by the court on an expedited basis. Got it. That will take a couple of months to play out. The only thing the court is considering next week uh, will be whether to grant Elliot an injunction for the duration of the appeal. And that's the only uh, ruling that the court will, uh, will, will, will enter next week. So we will likely learn the fate of Elliot's uh, playing status for the 2017 season by the end of next week. And next week's ruling will dictate one way or another whether he has to sit six games or whether he can play every game for the balance of the, of the season. But a victory next week does not guarantee Elliott any success on appeal because he could suffer the same fate as Tom Brady and have the suspension kicked over to the following regular season. But I believe if the court is inclined to grant Elliott an injunction, that is probably some indicator that he stands a, a pretty good chance at winning the appeal. Would the league have the ability, let's assume next week, that they do grant him um, the injunction to allow him to play until the, the case is heard? Does the league have any sort of uh, recourse that it can take to, to appeal that? Because that seems to be where we keep going. Like there's one decision and then somebody appeals and it changes it. Is there another appeal or is there another card that either side can play after next week's decision? Absolutely. The NFL will have one more uh, arrow in its quiver to ask the appellate court in New York to rehear and reconsider its ruling next week. So by way of example, if the court grants Elliott a, a, a stay for the duration of the appeal, uh, the NFL might ask the entire Second Circuit to rehear the matter uh, in what's known as an en banc capacity. And all of the judges of the court uh, will then make the determination. But uh, that's highly unlikely to be uh, granted. And I believe the consideration and ruling by the three-judge panel next week will be the last one, at least for this regular season. Uh, a rehearing on Bonk is like a Haley's Comet. You know, they come along you know, once every so often. And I'm not sure that this case rises to that level. Okay. So what they would be considering, I guess, next week is really more about whether – because you said the merits of the case are not really in question next week. It's more about, I would assume, that uh, whether this could, could create – harm for Zeke that he can't that can't be repaired if he were found or if he were um, if if he ultimately wins the case is that an accurate portrayal of what they're going to be considering next week well it's half accurate the irreparable harm that Elliot would face from a suspension that can't be unwound uh, is certainly a major consideration that the court will uh, will take up but Elliot will also have to demonstrate a likelihood of success on the merits he'll have to convince the court next week that he's likely to win on his appeal and if he can't make that demonstration, uh, he's not going to get an injunction no matter how much irreparable harm he has. 
So he has, he has to kind of make some kind of preliminary showing on the merits that he's likely to be successful on appeal. So the court will entertain all the same elements that, that, uh, you know, that, that Judge Faila and Judge Crotty and Judge uh, uh, in the Eastern District of Texas, the same elements, irreparable harm, likelihood of success, whether it's in the public interest, and which side will suffer more harm. That's called the balancing of the equities. So it will be almost a miniature version of the appeal itself. Uh, so he needs, to, he needs to show some merit to his appeal in order to get the injunction. And ultimately, it was the likelihood of success that ultimately harmed him in the last case, in the last ruling where he was actually, uh, where he lost that, that ability for to, to have the injunction until time well, for the well, case I was mean, heard, right? It was a clean sweep for the NFL. Uh, Judge Faella ruled in the NFL's favor on every one of the elements for an injunction, likelihood of success, irreparable harm, public interest. Uh, Elliot got shut out on this appeal, and in order to persuade the Second Circuit to grant a temporary injunction pending appeal, he's going to have to flip the script on each one of the four elements and, and prevail on all of them, not just one out of four or two or three out of four. He has to prevail on each single prong that is required to obtain an injunction, likelihood of success, irreparable harm. The, you know, Elliot has to be considered the underdog at least with respect to next week's motion. This is only a one-week reprieve, and I view it more as a placeholder rather than any indicator of which way the court might be ruling for next week. I mean, they didn't even assign a three-judge panel yet, so we have no idea which judges will be considering the motion. This is simply uh, an administrative stay that has no bearing on the merits of the court's ruling next week. Daniel, and thank you for all that information. I feel like I'm caught up now. Um I get the main thing that I'm curious about is with everything you just said, it sounds like you shouldn't expect Zeke to win this next week, which makes me wonder why did they grant him the stay in the first place for this game? I mean, what was the issue that they felt uh, had merit to, to give him this? Uh, because Elliot, once he suspended for even one game, uh, that's one game too many. The Players Association believes that um, it should have gotten the injunction in the district court and it should win on appeal. So why should Elliot concede even so much as one game? If he's going to have to serve six games, well, let him serve the six games if, if the NFL PA runs out of legal options. But it was a no-brainer, and the, uh, the you know, Elliot's legal team wanted him to be active for this Sunday because it believes that it will get the injunction before the Second Circuit. So why, why capitulate even on, on a single game? All right, then. What about the appeal makes them believe that they can, can win now? Is it just they're hoping they get judges who are more sympathetic and, and understand things from their point of view better? Or, is, or are there things that they think that, that Judge Fela actually made errors in her judgment uh, when, she, when she gave her ruling? Well, yeah, uh, Judge Fela made an overreach, in my opinion. She concluded that Elliot would suffer no irreparable harm were he to, were he to be suspended. And that's contrary uh, to legions of federal court decisions which recognize that a wrongfully suspended athlete uh, suffers irreparable harm, even if it's just for a few games. Uh, so there's so case law in this instance. That, there's case law in this instance that actually backs all that up. Tons of it. Tons okay. of it. Um, you, you know, it's been generally accepted that a suspension of even a couple of games uh, will uh, irreparably harm a, a professional athlete who only has a limited time in which to ply his trade. And, uh, you know, he'll miss out on honors and accolades, and the team would be irreparably harmed as well from missing his services in the middle of the season. I mean, at the beginning of the season, it's certainly irreparably harmful. But if you, if you remove him from the team in the midst of the regular season, uh, that creates uh, an abundance of additional harm. 
Uh, but ultimately, this comes down to fundamental fairness and whether Elliott was deprived of um, fairness in his arbitration by not having the opportunity to confront and cross-examine his accuser. And, uh, you know, the Players Association is maybe hopeful of drawing a three-judge panel that might be more sympathetic to that argument than Judge Fayello was. Uh, for example, if the union gets Judge Robert Katzman, uh, the chief judge of the Second Circuit, you might recall in Deflategate that he sided with Brady and the Players Union on the issue of fundamental fairness. So it really does come down to luck of the draw, and if they get the right three-judge panel, or at least two out of three good judges, uh, it's worth rolling the dice. I mean, so much is at stake here. Once he's suspended, he can't get those games back. So, uh, you know, hope remains alive. And, uh, you know, as we've seen so far in this case, the identity of the judge makes a huge difference in the outcome of any motion. Daniel, you, you seem to know a lot about these judges and their, their history. I know a lot of the Cowboy fans were, were wondering about, was it Judge Fela's husband? And it, it, was he somebody that, that had, had served on NFL board before? Do you know any of the details about that? Yeah, Judge Fela is married to a, uh, a lawyer uh, named Kenneth Fela, who's a partner at Proskauer Rose, a major New York City law firm. And Proskauer represented the NFL in the collective bargaining agreement negotiations. They played some role in the 2011 CBA, but in my opinion, that's just a lot of noise. Uh, okay. While it does seem inappropriate at a surface level to lay people, uh, lawyers uh, who practice in the federal courts know full well that that is too attenuated to be a disqualifiable conflict. Uh, it is, it is uh, perfectly appropriate for a family member of a judge to work for the law firm that represents one of the parties. Uh, that, that happens in, in, in many, many cases, and there are decisions that uh, every decision I've come across has found that the judge is not required to recuse herself in that instance. I mean, Proskauer is not even involved in this case. It's gotcha. part of a, a 2011 negotiation. Okay. It's too, too far removed from the instant controversy to pose a problem, although uh, I believe she should have raised the issue with the Players Association and gave them an opportunity to object to her retention of the case. Hey, Daniel, this is a question that a lot of fans have been sending in and wondering about. Could Ezekiel Elliott sue the league for defamation and just given the fact that he was never charged or convicted that has um, yeah, the NFL's uh, domestic violence policy uh, makes clear that uh, the, the criminal justice system's adjudication has no bearing on the league's ability and right to suspend players. Uh, the league wants to conduct its own investigation, and whether he's acquitted or never charged uh, is irrelevant from the NFL's perspective. They conducted their own lengthy investigation and reached a different conclusion, and the collective bargaining agreement somewhat gives them this right, although the domestic violence policy and the personal conduct policy at issue was never the subject of collective bargaining. All right, Daniel, we appreciate you joining us. That was really great information. Uh, we hope that, uh, that if uh, more ha as more happens with this case, we can pull you back in and, and get more of your uh, expert knowledge on this topic. I'd be, I'd be happy to come back on. Stay tuned. I think Tuesday will be the day that the court might hear oral argument on the emergency motion, and it, it could conduct an oral argument or it could rule on the papers. But we're going to get clarity, certainly, for Elliott's status by the end of next week. All right, Daniel. Fantastic. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, Take Daniel. care. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. That was just Daniel Wallach. He is a sports attorney, uh, an appellate law uh, attorney in the state of New York. 
and uh, has given us some information there about the Ezekiel Elliott case. I feel pretty caught up at this point. Yeah, but kind of understand what's going on a little better. Between today and a couple weeks ago when he came on, I feel like I'm halfway through 1L. Like I'm, you know, I'm ready. 1L, that would be your first year of law school for me. Yeah, sorry, that's for you. You got three of them. Yeah. That's the first one. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah, a lot of information. My main impression, really, uh, coming off that last question by Amber right there, is like these players. They they got to do something, man. Like they're this they gave up the farm. They gave up every they they gave up everything in that CBA. It's like they were so desperate to not miss game checks that they were just like, yep, okay, whatever. Sign. I think sign on the dotted line. Honestly, I think there were a couple bullet points that they were like, this is hard. We got to work. They were worried about percentages of what they take. You know, as as far as the players are concerned, I think there were certain bullet points they were concerned about, and I think they allowed some of the other ones that they didn't really have the foresight to see what could potentially go wrong, yeah. they didn't fight hard enough maybe for those. I'm going to play both sides of this just for a little bit, though. Yeah. When you're talking about about players that, that weren't the, – the, the court systems did not find them guilty of things, and so therefore the NFL shouldn't jump in. The people that believe that, just remember Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy was – there was a similar situation there, but I think – most people that followed that case realized why he wasn't um, found guilty. And the NFL still weighed in on that, suspended him 10 games. It got reduced to four, but he was still served a suspension. And I think most people would also realize or would think that it was deserved. So just just remember, you can't, you shouldn't just be a hard, fast rule on was he found guilty or not. Because, yeah, but my, but no, my I, problem, I hear my what problem, you're saying, but... Man, but in the Zeke case, well, he wasn't even tried for it. The league just has a lot of leeway to do what they want. And you're right. I mean, yeah, that's a really good point, and they can do it for good in some circumstances. But when you get when you mess something like this up and there's really no recourse for it, and the, I mean, there's nothing in the CBA that gives the players the ability to fight back or any. I mean, it's right. just, it's very one-sided. And I think the whole point for me, Nick, in, in what you're saying is that the legal system in America, the justice system in America, I think, is set up in such a way that it recognizes that there will be a few that get away with crimes in order to protect the rights of those that would have been falsely convicted or falsely served punishments for something they didn't do. And what I mean by that is, yes, in that instance, that would have allowed the league to be able to suspend a Greg Hardy. But it also captures guys like Ezekiel Elliott that Let's assume that he's accurate in what he's saying, that he did none of this, right? It protects people like that because then it gives him certain rights like the ability to face your accuser, which he feels like he didn't get that opportunity because he never got a chance for his uh, his representatives to be able to cross-examine her, right? So it's those kinds of things that when the NFL gets into the business of doing investigations and now basically trying players without having a real justice system in place, then there are going to be situations where there are going to be players that may be falsely accused that because they're not given due process, they end up being caught up inappropriately and, and they're ultimately serve punishments that maybe they don't deserve, right? I, and I understand that. All I'm saying is is that it goes a little bit deeper than that. And I think when, when Hardy's one case, I think Roethlisberger is another case where you know for, for various reasons they are not tried on this and found guilty, yeah. but— I mean, the, I'm not putting this one in, in that in that category. I I hear what you're saying, but uh, for the millionth time that since this all had, like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, there's yeah, there has to be. Way. And I, like I said, I if if the NFL were to tomorrow wake up and say, you know, we're going to hire a company 
that we're going to pay between the NFLPA and the league. We're going to pay them equally to be able to handle all of this kind of stuff, and that's going to be all they do. They're going to understand investigations, the loss, the, the legal system, how to incorporate that the right way. I'd be totally okay with that because then the NFL gets back to the business of worrying about football and not worrying about this, and hopefully that maybe keeps a lot of this stuff from from having to be discussed, and we can spend a Friday talking about Cowboys versus Chiefs. All right, so we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We are going to get some predictions here in the final segment. Uh, We hope you guys stick around. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere Compact Tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having thanksgiving without the cowboys basically we wouldn't recommend it so next time you have a tailgate home gate or whatever else kind of gate grab some ice cold dr pepper for you and your friends to enjoy it's a dallas cowboys tradition dr pepper the one you crave it can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters you search how to build savings you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller that's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're getting you guys ready for the Cowboys versus Chiefs. We're thrown off a little bit because there's been some news. In case you hadn't heard, Ezekiel Elliott, has, uh, his, his uh, suspension has now been temporarily stayed uh, for at least this week. Cowboys will be able to have his services this week against the Chiefs. And as uh, Daniel Wallach, uh, our legal expert, as we like to call him, that, that joins our show from time to time, explained um, that will probably... Uh, be cleared up even more next week. There'll probably be a little more clarity um, after a ruling that's expected to happen at some point next week. I know what you're thinking, Cowboy fans. And yes, there is going to be more legal talk. <laughs> Get ready. Get talk. pumped. I'm hopeful that after next week, though, I'm hopeful that he gets to, that he gets to play the rest of the season. But I'm hopeful that at whatever point next week they make a ruling, then it's just kind of like, okay, that's it. We're not doing anything else this year. We'll wait till the whole case happens, and then going to next year, you'll know if there's going to be so, more or not more or whatever. So this actually, when, when you really break this thing down, you know, from AFC West battles, the Chiefs, they lose out on this, obviously, because they have to face one of the best running backs in the league, and the Raiders might win on this. 
because he was supposed to come back for that game in Oakland, and now he may not. Depending that's on an what, interesting point. I didn't think what about happened. That. So it's kind of a win-win for the Raiders. There, the Chiefs have to have to play, and I mean they have some work to do to, to make that division race even interesting. You but. think like talking Raiders is just like. Well, no. Yeah, talking Chiefs is like, ugh, yeah, we would. Yeah. They, of course, like the Nick Eatman of Chiefs talk is like, he's he's going to play. He's going to play. They always play. They always yeah. play against he's the Chiefs. He's been saying that all week. Like, they always, yeah. and, and they always he's play. like, I was right. They always play against the Chiefs. It's fine. Well, who's, who's that guy of the Chiefs? I don't know. Go check it out. Break it Think down. they got How one? are you? Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's go back and finish our game of see or no. Amber. All right, let's see. We talked about the Cowboys possibly throwing the ball more in case Zeke was out, but he's back in, so let's just still go with this question. Will Dak Prescott throw the ball down the field 15-plus yards more often? No. 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 I don't. More yeah. often. I don't. I don't. Yes, more often than <laughs> see, more often than the Redskin game. I, to be honest with you, I don't think that You'll they necessarily him. were going to do that even without Zeke. I, yeah. I think I think they were going to stick to a game plan of trying to run the ball, and whatever passing game they would have would be more of a control passing game, like they've always done. I don't personally. I don't think that's the greatest part of Dak's game. Um, so I think if you're trying to do that more, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen him consistently be able to hit uh those kinds of passes. So I don't know that I would say that he is that kind of passer to where I would make that my game plan. It got lost in the shuffle and it was raining. So I'm not trying to bag on the guy, but there was a and it was a heads up play by Dak. Washington went off sides and he just chunked it to yeah. Dez. He threw it out of bounds. Right. Like yeah. And keep And I don't know if that was accuracy or him just saying I'm just trying to get rid of it. But it was I, a free play, it's right? It's a free play. I would hope he's not just trying to get rid of it. Like get it where Dez can have a shot at. Right. Do you think those guys think of it as a like it's kind of a free play. I mean, do you think that they definitely know that? Like they definitely see the flag up in the air, and they know not all the time. And but so sometimes. I bet you sometimes when they kind of just see out of the corner of their eye that I think he jumped. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one up. I'm not gonna put it where it could be picked, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give Des a chance. The question is, did he see the flag? See, because that, if he saw the I'm flag saying. as the play was beginning, then you know it yeah. has to be a free play, right? Right. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying. Sometimes I, I wonder about that. About I, I get, no, I get, I get what you're saying. But Dak is such a smart guy, and they don't take a lot of those types of shots. So for him to throw sure. that ball on the same play that the Redskins get flagged for offside, I think he probably knew. And probably give your guy a chance. Yeah. Which I just, I don't, I don't think that's the strength of his game. And you know, they haven't. You know, they were throwing a lot of fifty-fifty balls in the first month of the season, and Bryce caught a few, but he hasn't had that with Dez all year, and. The rest of this, the rest of what they're doing works though, so in, I don't see the need to force it. In two years, how many times have you seen Dak throw the ball deep and a guy like run under it, catch it in stride, touchdown? The only play I can think of is the Steelers. Steelers, Packers, right? Which Packers? Playoffs, Packers. Well, I, I don't remember. Oh, Dez deep, deep to, to, yeah, to Dez Dez had a for deep the touchdown. touchdown. That's right. Steelers, Packers. So left side of the field. Vikings Vikings was an overthrow that should have been a touchdown, but he still went under it and caught it. Oh yeah, that that was a yeah. nice one. I mean, like okay. they they have left side. They have proven that they can do it. Terrence Chicago, Williams, I think. Uh, which he one? had a bobbling catch in the end zone in stride. Remember, Des? 
Oh, Chicago. Wait, did they play? Last year. Oh, eh, that was like kind of a slant. I thought he said taco. I was like, what are taco. you talking he about? He would let Jason is this, say that. <laughs> is this also about maybe the kinds of receivers he has? Because if, Nick, you, you would know this better than I would, but it seemed like to me we also people were saying the same thing about Tony until Terrell Owens arrived. Once Terrell Owens arrived, then you saw rainbows that he was catching well, and off, and because he had two or three. Tio was a was here when when Tony came on. It's my quarterback. That's right, Tio. So so, but Tio was it, he seemed to be able to do that more with Tio than maybe with other receivers. Yeah. So my question is, is it maybe about the receivers that he has? Yes. He doesn't have receivers that get the same kind of separation to where you just have that Terrell, play that goes. Terrell down. Owens was as fast as he wanted to be. Right. I mean, he he really could go get the get the football, and um, so yeah, I think he made those quarterbacks look better as a for a deep ball thrower, and yeah, that's part of it too. They don't necessarily have that 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 guy here, and we've talked about that. But I uh, also remember, I guess the playoff. I mean, the preseason, his first game against the Rams. He had a nice little throw to Terrence Williams, like on the left side, like that. So I think if we're seeing a pattern here, it it, it wor- it's working to the left side. I mean, a deep deep th- throw to the left. Now that throw that he threw to Dez that you were talking about to the right, the oh um, yeah yeah it's out of bounds and yeah, it's a so, good point. So maybe left side is, is throw it is, to the left. That's fine. <laughs> Back and to the left. Wherever Mark, where's Marcus Peters? On the right side. Yeah, Which no, would be they- his left. No, no. Marcus Peters was on the. He plays left corner. He plays left corner. Oh so yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yes. All yeah. day long. Throw it to the other guy. Throw it to the other guy. Alex Smith throws his first interception. See. No. You were talking about that yesterday. See. He's gonna get. I got a feeling that they and, are and gonna do some things. Might throw two. Wow. Yeah. I'll say they come in bunches. Is that because the Cowboys are gonna be that good, or because like you just think he's gonna be Alex Smith at the end of the day? No, I, I think a little bit of both. I think one of them will be deflected. Won't necessarily be his fault. Oh, you all right? Crying yeah. over there? Got some coffee on my face. Oh, I thought like, you were just crying. No. Jordan. I'm just crying tears of joy because Zeke is back. Zeke is back. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's weird your tears are brown. I don't I get that. Just, but hey, let's you know, just move on. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> Go ahead. Not as the worst moment of the week. Nope. Not, not the worst. Not even close. Not for Dave, anyway. <laughs> not even close. Dag will score more touchdowns than Alex Smith. Dak will score more touchdowns than Alex Smith. I think that's tough. Um, Basically saying he will outperform Alex. Well, when you think uh, about it, though, like different though, both that of is these, different. I mean, both well, of these, the reason why I say that is because I, I think that I think that now that Zeke is back, I think a lot of touchdowns now will happen for Zeke that yeah. may have been otherwise touchdown passes mm-hmm. or runs by Dak. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think or or I don't think that he plays better. Than, than Alex Smith. These are both quarterbacks that can run and pass, though. Right. So, I mean, like, I can see, game. see Dak having, like, three total touchdowns. I can see Alex Smith having, like, four. Yeah. And gonna, not because yeah. he's just, like, killing them, but just, cause, I mean, you can do both. So. I'd say I'd say Alex Smith will have more. I forgot how you worded the question, but. Touchdowns. I, I know, but I, I don't remember which one was the, was the C or the no. I think Dak will have, yeah, Dak C. will have more. I think Dak is going to have more. Then no. <laughs> Dallas will hold Kareem Hunt no. to under <laughs> hundred yards from scrimmage. Oh, 100 yards from scrimmage? Uh, all purpose? No. Not all purpose, but scrim just no. Across all, no. across the board, no. Not ru- I think they can hold him under 100 rushing yards. Sure, they can. I don't think they will. You don't? No. Okay. I say if you're saying all purpose yards, no. If you're saying rushing yards, I say C. That's big though cuz the Cowboys are what? 4 and 3 when they hold 
think this is right when they when they hold their opponent under 100 yards rushing they're four and oh and they don't it's oh and three so it's pretty big that you know determining factor there aaron who is aaron, aaron jones. jones from the packers odd Gurley, Gurley, and, and then cj anderson. anderson so those three guys all all went over 100 yards and those those are the three losses the other the other four wins that they, they did a nice job against the backs i actually think cream hunt will have a bigger day pat, catching passes than he will running and first of all they have akeem hunt and kareem hunt on the same team yeah akeem hunt yeah he's their um seriously he's like he's like their number three back right? akeem hunt and kareem hunt you know How that about, actually makes sense because i saw i was watching sense. a game and i saw <laughs> akeem hunt and i was like oh the guy's butchered that name no they thinking, have yeah thinking our press box guy all over again right oh yeah and then uh, I was oh like, man akeem hunt's gonna have some right. big plays in this game there's no doubt about it kareem sharkandrick and akeem sharkandrick Oh, Sharkandrick West. Yes. Not a bad back. Feel bad for my guy Spencer Ware. Go He's not there anymore, is he? Well, he got hurt in the preseason, and that's why Kareem Hunt is even doing this. Is he still with the team, or is he going to IR? He's on IR. Okoye is gone. Yeah, he's been gone for like 20 years. He's not one of their backs. I was looking forward to seeing him this week. Nightmare. Yeah. All right, real quick, we do need to. I appreciate the game. Oh, yeah, we're ready. We it wasn't as fun. Things changed, but. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. It was still a good game. Yeah. We Thank weren't you. counting on having the legal debriefing <laughs> right. today. All right, so let's get to our predictions. Let's start with David Hellman. Give me a prediction for the game. You know, it's an exciting morning, and there's like this buzz because <laughs> Zeke is going to play, and I'm tempted to pick the Cowboys because, like, I really I think this could, like, be a boost for him and for them. Yeah. Um, but. I I'm just I'm gonna stick to my guns. This is a really good team and a really good offense. Uh, I think the Cowboys are gonna play well, but they've struggled with chunk plays. I, I mean, the only thing that stopped the Redskins from hitting more of them, in my opinion, was the rain. I mean, Josh Doxson had a drop pass that would have been huge. Uh, I just Tyreek Hill scares me. Kareem Hunt scares me. I don't know who's supposed to cover Travis Kelsey or who's gonna do a good job of it at least. Um, so I, I think they'll play well. I think I think this is going to look a lot like the Packers game, to be totally honest. Maybe Alex Smith isn't going to do what Aaron Rodgers did at the end of the game, but you know I think it's going to be something like 34-30 or you know, 28-27 is what I'm going to say, and I think the Chiefs are going to sneak out of here with a win. All right. Amber. Oof. Um, I'm going to say, oof. Ooh, ay, 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 ay. Okay. <laughs> 31. Uh, sorry. 31-30. Chiefs game goes to overtime mm. and why it's my prediction Nick you stay with your prediction goes into overtime and 31 30 goes like to overtime the, the math's not oh, gonna, no the math's not gonna work on 30 yeah. whatever that, it's gonna I'm be saying. between the 30 and 34 okay 30 and it's gonna be tied going to overtime 30 34 I don't know what happens but it goes to overtime and Chiefs win and a crazy play? I don't know. Is your crazy prediction that the Cowboys win? How <laughs> <laughs> oh, you confused me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, Nick. I just threw shade at you. I'm going to say the Chiefs will win 38-35. It'll be, it'll be one of those wild shootout games like you guys are talking about. But I, I, everything you said about those guys, I just don't see them stopping them on, on defense. I just don't see the Cowboys' defense really stopping them. So we'll see. I mean, the, the Zeke could really rejuvenate this whole team, um, and it, it'll be a fun atmosphere. But I mean, the Chiefs, like I said all week, will be a lot of fans there. It's going to be wild, crazy. I think the Chiefs 
are just too dominant on offense. So, so those interceptions you were talking about are not gonna they'll, they'll, be a game changer in favor of the Cowboys. They could, yeah, it prevents from scoring fifty. <laughs> so yeah, thirty-eight, thirty-five. They'll have some picks, just like Jeff Heath had those two picks against Aaron Rodgers. Didn't really help. Yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be close, just like you guys say. I do think the Cowboys can pull it off. I before I was prepared uh, coming into this show that I was thinking that the Chiefs were gonna win, but with Zeke back. I think this team can beat any team in the league with Zeke in the lineup because I think offensively they can score with anybody, and especially if you're not worrying about the quarterback being Aaron Rodgers that makes just these unbelievable plays to win games. Um, And, again, I only think there are probably two or three of those guys in the NFL. That's nothing against Alex Smith. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's playing phenomenally this year. However, I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers, and I think that this offense can match with them, and I think they end up winning 38-34. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll tell you guys what went right and what went wrong for the Cowboys. Make sure you check out the game on Sunday. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. step up because I don't think you're going to change too much about the way you play football. I think that you would be a fool to think all of a sudden Dez is going to start giving you 10 catches for 150 yards a game. Since Dak has taken over at quarterback, we said this stat week one or week two of the season, Dez has averaged three point something yards a game, three point something catches a game for 50 yards. It's not going to change miraculously.